Welcome to C3 Church Tugger. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Bill Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. of God, when, when Moses, Mount Sinai, I just hope you know some of the background, and I'm not going to go too deeply into this, but I certainly want to get to Psalm 27, um, 27, which is a profound psalm, and, and it will speak to people and bless people. I'll just go back for a little bit of substance, the Word of God, let's do that, the goodness of God. I've got to prove to you why you should trust and depend on God. Why you need to draw a line in the sand and say, my God is good. Although my mother died of cancer and although my friend ran off with my boyfriend and although my bank account's empty, my God is good. Who wants to know about that? That sort of message. Because see, life deals with you not according to how you would like and script but it deals with you in growing you up and training you up in righteousness. And one of the key things is to understand, to understand God and to understand the dealings of life is to understand the goodness of God. It's one of the most important messages that you need to know, that God is not a distant judge, that God is not your, help me, sugar daddy. Now that term probably doesn't make sense to a lot of young people. Does it, does it sugar, sugar daddy is just whatever you want. He's not like that either. But he is a loving father and he certainly wants to bless you with what's good for your life. He's a good God. He's a God of goodness. And it's revealed through the glory. If you look back in Exodus and you look back at the story of Moses, Exodus 34, 6, I'll give a little bit of background and then I'm going to get into Psalm 27. I'm going to teach someone how to draw a line in the sand and say no to the devil. God is good. He's going to deliver me. He's going to provide for me. He's going to get me that house. And he did for Cam last Tuesday. We prayed for him after the Sunday night service. He says, man, I'm in a battle here. He says to me, man, you're sweating, man. He probably, he doesn't get like that even flying the virgin planes like he does in a state. He came to me, he said, man, oh man, they're gazumping me and there's devils on this thing. And I'm, well, we're gonna, we prayed and we bound and uh, we loosed God's, you know, best on that situation. And he says, well, I got till Monday. If God doesn't move by Monday, I've lost that house. It's a good house. I love that house. I want that house for my family. He's almost crying because he wants to provide a house for his five children, as a man does. And so I said, I'm hearing you, brother. I better get someone else to help pray for me, man. This is a desperate situation. You, 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 come over here. We prayed for him. And uh, I think Monday... Maybe Tuesday, <laughs> but I got that text, and uh, Monday, was it? It was too, it was Monday afternoon. Got the text, got the house. Time to pack, time to pack, time to pack out of the rental into the house that we're going to own, and I love that. God is a covenant God, a covenant God that wants to bless you in all sorts of wonderful ways. God is a good God, he's not a stingy God. Exodus 34, 6, 
And he passed, okay, so Moses, okay. Moses said, I just want to know you even more. I've, I've been speaking to you, God, but would you show me more of you? Who's a bit like that? Who, wants, who would love a personal con- consultation with Jesus tomorrow morning, nine o'clock? We're taking appointments. We've got a 10 past nine appointment available. Who wants that? Put your hand up. Some not gain. We've got a, a quarter part. Yeah, Bree's right up there. Like I'll have one of the. So basically, Moses is a bit like that. He's saying, I need to know more of you to, to do what you're asking me to do. I need to know more of you, God. So here it goes. Exodus 34, 6. And he passed in front of Moses, proclaiming, The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and goodness. Another version says, abounding in goodness. So goodness is very much part of love, love and goodness. God is love. He is love. He just doesn't do love. He is love, abounding in love and faithfulness. He's, there's nothing that can stop him getting that house to Cam and Sarah and his family. There's nothing that God, nothing can stop God. Not kryptonite, nothing. God can transcend time, space, and walls, and mountains. He'll get to you if he so desires, and if it so pleases him, because God is a God of joy. That's another That's another sermon. The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, but abounding in goodness for this message. Maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion and sin. Yet he does not, now this is the the downside because God is a God of, not that he's cursing people, I believe, but because we malfunction and are disobedient, stuff happens to us. And this is where it says it. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children and their children for the sin of the fathers to the third and fourth generation. I could preach on that right there. It's so important for us as individuals to get the victory. See, the same same success that you get out, Ollie, working your your, uh, your, your, your physique of looking for the right words. You know. But that same stuff, guess what? It's going to be transferred down to your kids. Imagine Ollie's baby boy at two years old. He's got a six-pack. <laughs> what you talking about, boy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 it really does happen. You transfer down all the success, the success that you get in God isn't it amazing? My mum could play piano, and I went, well, my mum can play. I was about seven or eight, and I went, oh, yeah, I guess that's playing. No, it wasn't. <laughs> Maintaining love. Anyway, that's, but in that, there was five descriptions of God's nature that became profound to the Israelites, to God's people in the Old Testament. They were mercy. God is a God of mercy. God is a God of grace, grace, grace. God is a God of patience, patience. God is a God of kindness. And God is a God of faithfulness, faithfulness. It explains this whole absoluteness of God and his love and his attributes, his character, his nature towards us. All that, it's like, I'm gonna show you, but ultimately, it's the goodness of God that passed Moses by. And basically, Moses went, Oh my God, 
God is so good. He really does want to bless me. He's not this God, this judge, this strong-handed, you know, vindictive, unjust. He is so friendly. He is so loving. Isn't it fantastic when people approach you and they're friendly? Isn't it wonderful? It's a beautiful thing. Hey, how you going? Right. How you going? What do you do with that? All right. Well, yeah, how you going? Do we walk around each other and size these? But it's, it's a beautiful thing when you're reckless enough to say, hey, how you going? With a smile. It really means that you're sitting pretty with God. You've got a good confidence in God, man. You don't care what, what sort of response you get. Well, I'm good, man. I'm enjoying life. I don't care about what you're... The, I think Gail's a bit like, how you doing? Well, you know, you could be depressed, downbeat, but uh, Gail's not going to give up. She's just going to give you that, that countenance of a smile. God is like that. God is like that. Man, God is just going, how you going, Luke? How you doing, buddy? God's got, he's not nervous, he's going, how you going? Okay, buddy, you having a good day? Let's just try out today. No, he's just going, how you going? He's friendly, he's kind, he's merciful, even though Luke's played up, maybe, maybe, and he's, he's, he's not, not done this and not done that, and we've all done that, but God's still saying, hey, how you, how you going, man? Can we talk? Can we talk? Can Luke come out to play? Can Luke come out to play? Can he... His soul says, no way, we're watching TV. No, he doesn't. Luke goes, yeah, man, we can talk. God is so friendly and so good. And I wish I could quote some of the theologians that actually say that. The relevance of the goodness of God, it's life transforming, write that down. We need to consider it. Why? The relevance. What's the relevance of the goodness of God? Because it can intersect upon our attitude and our actions. We really can act on behalf of Him, knowing that God does want to bless people, that God is a good people. He wants to bless them with good things. He wants to deliver them from evil. He wants to give them a, a, a power to overcome temptation. He does want to bless them with their heart's desire of houses built. He certainly does. I believe that. God is a good God. He's not downbeat. He wants you to be joyous. That's going to be our next thing. Joy. Joy. Because joy is a part of faith. Without this assurance of joy saying, my God, that's faith. That's a a faith stand right there. My God. My, it's not God. My God. I hope. No, it's my God. You just got this bubble up in your spirit. You just got this this spirit inside you that says, I know something you don't know. I know something that what God is going to do in this situation. I know. And you have got a smile. You have got an exuberance. That's why when you get this stuff, it's excellent to, to witness by. It's very hard to witness to people when you're downbeat. It's excellent to witness to people when you've got an an enthusiasm, an exuberance for life. Goodness of God. (laughs) The importance of God. Yeah, let's talk about that. Let's talk about the importance of God. Okay, Psalm 107, verse 1. Sorry, Jonathan, I'm chopping and changing, but you'll be able to do it. 
Let's consider some of the reasons God's goodness is important to us. Um, Psalm 107 verse 1 says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His loving kindness is everlasting. He is good. Um, Psalm 31 verse 19, How great is thy goodness. How great is it. Well, how great is it, Pastor Phil? Help me. I'm trying. Which thou hast stored up for those who fear thee, which thou hast wrought, and this is another version, of course, take refuge in thee before the sons of men. Hosea 3, 5. Afterward, the sons of Israel return and seek the Lord their God and David their king, and they will come trembling to the Lord and to his goodness in the last days. Do you know how many people are going to come trembling to the Lord in the last days? They're going to say, my God, if you told me that before, that God was good, that God loved me, that God unconditionally loved me, I would have come to your church ages ago. I would have come to God ages ago, but I thought he was a stern headmaster, a a, a lecturer, a a taskmaster. No, he's not. He's, He's friendly. He's kind, compassionate, slow to anger, merciful, gracious. Oh, he is a good God. Amen. So in the glory, there was a couple of things. I'll tell you for you theologians. In five powerful manifestations in the glory. So last week and last Sunday night, when we lose the glory through the worship, that is for a reason. Because you can only preach so much and then you need the glory. You need the presence. Wasn't that great that Julie said, you know what, the people need a drink. They need an encounter with God like Moses. Because in the presence is the goodness. In the glory is the goodness. But here it is. In the glory is God's presence, God's greatness. Number two, signs and wonders and miracles. And four, God's goodness. And the other one was God's judgment, which I don't want to talk about at this stage. Um, When you get an understanding of God's goodness, it's paramount to your life. You understand this whole revelation of how good God is, I'm telling you what, you will, you will dance out of here and you will want to ring everyone up. You will want to witness. You will wake up Monday morning, not with the blues, but with such a skip, a dance. You will want to witness. You will want to know more of God when you know how good he is. So again, we said that Moses said, show me your glory. And God said, I will. I'll make all my goodness pass before you. Uh, Exodus 33, verse 18. Let's just get that down before I go into Psalm. Exodus 33, 18. Then Moses said, show me your glory. Then the Lord said, this is verse 19, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you. I think that happened a bit last Sunday night, Jules. And I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. And I will have mercy on whom I have mercy. And I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. I wonder if I can have Psalm 27. I'll try and read it in the, um, the Message Bible because my time is gone. But I do want to make a case of this right now. I want to get this done. Psalm 27. This is in the Message. Okay, Eugene Peterson. Oh, okay. Do you want to read it from there? Is that the um, Message? Sure is. I'll try and read it from there. Tell me if I'm tracking with that up there. Light, space, zest. That's Yahweh. 
Yahweh means God. So with him on my, now, okay, I need to back it up. I need to get some context. This is David. This is a psalm of, from David. And he's basically saying, man, you know what? When I was being hemmed in and I was being attacked and uh, everything was coming apart and my whole world was coming apart and, and I'm thinking, I'm done. I'm being backed into a corner. This is the end of my life. He is giving testimony in this first part of the Psalms. And he shares the state, eventually shares the state of his mind. And I'll get to that. So let's do it again. Light, space, zest, that's Yahweh. So with him on my side, I'm fearless, afraid of no one and nothing. When vandal hordes ride down, ready to eat me alive, those bullies and toughs fall flat on their faces. <laughs> when besieged, I'm calm as a baby. When all hell breaks loose, I'm collected and cool. I'm asking Yahweh for one thing, only one thing, to live with him in his house. My whole life long to live with him in his house. I'll contemplate his beauty. I'll study at his feet. That's the only quiet, secure place in a noisy world. The perfect getaway, far from the bustle or the buzz of traffic. God holds my head and shoulders above all who try to pull me down. I'm headed for his place to offer anthems. Who headed to C3 Tugger tonight to offer anthems of praise to God? That will raise the roof. Praise God. Already I'm singing God's songs. Already they're in the car, they're driving here. Go, woo, God's good, woo, yeah. Already I'm singing God's songs. I'm making music to Yahweh. Listen, Yahweh, I'm calling at the top of my lungs. Be good to me, answer me. When my heart whispered, seek God, my whole being replied, I'm seeking him. Don't hide from me now. You've always been right there for me. Don't turn your back on me now. Don't throw me out. Don't abandon me. You've always kept the door open. My father and mother walked out when my mother and father walked out and left me. But Yahweh, you took me in. Point me down your highway, Yahweh. Direct me along a well-lighted street. Show my enemies whose side you're on. Don't throw me to the dogs those liars who are out to get me, filling the air with their threats. I'm sure now I'll see God's goodness in the exuberant earth. Stay with Yahweh. Take heart. Don't quit. I'll say it again. Stay with Yahweh. I think I need to read it from the Psalm, uh, the NIV now, because I need to make a point. Thank you, Father. So you may have been hemmed in and hedged in, but I know at the age that I am that God comes to the rescue. He comes to the rescue. Whatever your situation is, your calamity, your, your stuff, your life, it's complicated. It's your story. I don't downgrade it. Everyone's gone through battles. There's people here that have had major surgery. There's people that have been told... Um, by their doctors that things are not good, but I believe those people have drawn a line in the sand and said, I am confident of this, that my God is good in the land of the living. I wanna prove that, I wanna prove that, because this is the sort of people we need to be in the last days, and I'm saying this to all the generations. Psalm 27, it's David again, 
The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. This is doing something for someone as I read it out. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evil men advance against me to devour my flesh, when my enemies and foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then will I be confident. One thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord, to seek Him in His temple. For in the day of trouble, He will keep me safe in His dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of His tabernacle. It's a beautiful thing. And set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At His tabernacle will I sacrifice with shouts of joy I will sing and make music to the Lord. Hear my voice when I call out, Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says of you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me. Oh God, my Savior, everyone slips up. Everyone gets on an awkward space with God, but he won't. Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. He's a merciful, gracious God. Teach me your ways, O Lord. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. Do not turn me over to the desires of my foes. So this is a state of mind setting in now. He thinks things are getting quite awkward and he's saying, this is messing me with God. Are you really with me? Are you really with me with this situation I'm in? Are you really with me at this stage of my life? Are you really with me in this, in this, in this situation that you got me in? Do not, verse 12, do not turn me over to the desire of my foes. For false witnesses rise up against me, breathing out violence. 13, here it is. Here's the scripture for tonight. I am still confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. What gives him this confidence? What gives him this confidence? It's something in his spirit. It's something that's in your spirit and it's Christ. You can draw a line in the sand and you can have life happening and hitting you up and things are not right and things are, are disappointing and stuff and abuse and people talking about you, whatever. But draw a line in the sand and say this, I'm still confident of this, that our God, that we will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. What's the land of the living? It's the land of Canaan where they worship God. It's in the church. That's the land of living. Some of these other places where you guys are hanging out, that's not living. They're not living. They're not living down there, guys. They don't give a toss about God. They don't care about the goodness of God. You need to get yourself in the company of the faith-filled believers and say, what is God saying? My ear went deaf this week. I've been listening to negative reports. I've been listening to my own voice. I've been listening to the, to the doubter and, 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 and the usurper of my soul. I've been listening to Him. Please, sit down with someone, have a coffee, and hang around born-again, spirit-filled, on-fire believers. Don't hang around the naysayers. Don't hang around the doubters. You can for a while, but not all the time, because we love hanging out with sinners. You know what? I think a whole bunch of us need to draw a line in the sand 
because we're going to get attacked as a church and as a people. Your God, you think your God, you got me saved and you said that this would be a good ride, that this would be a good thing, that God would heal my mother and my father and heal my, my life. I'm still angry. I'm still upset. When's God going to heal me? Your God, your God. You think your God, your God. I'm still confident of this. I am still faith-filled in this, that the goodness of the Lord will prevail. It will prevail. He's done it in the life of this church. The banks nearly locked us out of this place, but we drew a line in the sand. We said, the goodness of the Lord will prevail. I am still confident of this. The board said, we are still confident of this. The Lord will deliver us and our God is a good God. He wants a house for His people. He wants a house of God for His children. God is a good God. Jilly had a nasty accident. Doctors said, you know, that's not going to go back on that, that finger. <laughs> um... I said, yes, it will. God's a good God. Doctor said to Julie, you know, you're marrying. Julie said, you know, you, you want to marry me and it's fantastic. But the doctors have said, I can't have children. I said, that's fine. But my God's good. We're going to have children. I'm confident of this. I'm confident. Pastor Phil, there's no money in the bank to send to missions, to give to Africa. That's okay, guys. But I'm still confident of this. We're going to send Jamie and Garth over to Africa and they're going to be a blessing in Jesus' name. Draw a line in the sand. I've got no job. I'm coming to the Central Coast from Ballina. What am I going to do? Evan says, you know what? My God is good. He's going to provide. He's Jehovah Jireh. He provides. He pushes back the enemy's plans. He comes to me and he blesses me. He revives me. He refreshes me. One of the things that the theologians say, we know God's a good God the way He refreshes us. This is one of the ways that we know God is good, that He refreshes us, that we can be refreshed in God. Let's all stand. God bless you. God bless you. This is one of the ways that we know God is good. And I want to speak to some people right now in the house of God and say this. In Jesus' name, your God is coming to you. He is a good God. He's going to help you. He's going to bless you with all good things. Those good things you want, He's going to bless you with those good things. He's a good God. Even though you've been disobedient, He's going to give you the power to overcome temptation. Because as the Israelites kept on reneging with God, and God was providing water out of rock, God was providing quail out of the sky, meat and bread and supernatural food. And do you know what? The people still grumbled and criticized and turned their back on God. We're the same. We're breathing fresh air and sleeping in fine beds and drinking fine food. And we're saying, is that God? It certainly is, my friend. Let me take you to the slums of this world and say that God is not good for your life. You're living in the most luxurious nation, the great Southland of the Holy Spirit. Fresh air, no bombs going off, fresh water, beautiful beaches, fine waves. Food's good, friendship's great. God is so good. Let's say that right now. God, you 
say it again. Let this be our prayer. Lord Jesus, we present our heart to you right now. And we say, Lord, I pray. I pray, Lord God, forgive me. Forgive me for being spoiled, spoiled brat. Forgive me, Lord God, for treating my friends with disdain and people around my life with disdain. They're precious in your sight. Touch not thy anointed. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. My friend, God is good. God is good. So Father, we stand before you right now like Moses. Let your glory pass by us right now. Show us your glory right now as this music lifts. Show us your glory right now, Lord God. Show us your glory in your presence is goodness, Lord. In your presence is signs and wonders. In your presence is the greatness of God. In your presence, Lord, is your powerful love for me. I receive you again. I said this morning about Job, who was stricken. He was the richest man in the land. This is one of the most oldest stories in the Bible. Job, Satan came to God and said, God, your, your servant Job, he only loves you because he's got all that all that cattle and the fine houses and the great family and the good health and he's prosperous. Let me let me test him out. God says, do it. And Satan wiped him out, wiped his homes out, killed some of his children. Cattle gone, all his prosperity gone. He's covered in sores in the end, just one hit after the other. And his wife says, you need, to, you need to deny this God. He has dealt you a terrible hand. Can you honestly still love your God after what he's done? This is a whole story of Job. And Job says, who drew a line in the sand, scabs all over him, sores, weeping eyes. Is that ugly enough face? draws a line in the sand, even to his own wife. You need to do this with your best friends. When, you, when your friends come to you and say, your God, your church, your Bible, you need to say, I'm drawing a line in the sand. And I'm saying to you, sis, boyfriend, dad, mom, whoever, Job 19, 25. Oh, you are good tonight, Jonathan. I know that my Redeemer lives and that in the end He will stand upon the earth and after my skin has been destroyed, yet in my flesh I will see God. I myself will see Him with my own eyes. I and not another. How all my heart yearns within me. Oh God, this is the sort of, this is what we need in this day and age. I draw a Attitude. As for me and my home, for my family, my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to preach the gospel. We're going to build the church. We're going to exalt the Lord and glorify His name because 
The church is built on this. The chief aim of mankind is to know God. I said this, the chief aim of mankind is to know God and enjoy Him forever. Let's enjoy Him. Let's praise Him and thank Him and praise Him and thank Him and worship Him. And we rebuke that grumbling spirit. We rebuke that critical spirit off my life right now. I bind you and reject you and I cast you down because it's all in the Bible. The Israelites did it. They grumbled and complained. Oh, is this the best you can do, God? Manna from heaven. Food. What's this meat? Quail. Oh, man. It's better in Egypt. We were doing better in Egypt. No, man. I'd rather be in the presence of God and eat what He's doled out. I would rather be in the presence of God and say, God, I'm satisfied with what you've given me in life. I am satisfied. Tonight, Lord, we're satisfied in you. Last scripture, Psalm 145, verse 15 and 19. The eyes of all look to you and you give them food in due season. You open your hand, you satisfy the desire of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and in all kinds of his works. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desire of those who fear him. He also hears their cry and saves them. He loves you, friend. He's not pointing a bony finger at you. He's not angry with you. He's just smiles and love personified. He's friendly. He's wholesome. He's right. He's good. He just loves you entirely. And He wants to give you such a grand life, such a beautiful life, a life of joy. When was the last time you had a laugh? Julie and I got carried away. We were laughing in our marital bed, laughing. I'd said something funny. She responded. Then we were a comedy act in bed. We were just laughing. <laughs> Apparently it happened to someone else. I can't point them out, but I think it remember who they were. You need to enjoy God. You need to lighten up. Enjoy God. Lighten up. This is a good ride, man. There's some valleys, but man, I love it when it gets to the top and you can see what God has for us on the horizon. Yeah, you're going to go through some valleys, but I love it, man, when you can see what God's going to do for your children, for your children's children. It's awesome. I love it. I love it. I love it. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3tugra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.